You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. All right, we are officially... Coming down the wire, we got number three on Producer Evan's Top 10 Podcast of 2023. If you haven't already, go back and listen, starting at number 10, make your way to number three. Obviously, as I've recapped in the intro to every podcast until this point, we had number 10, we had John Gibbons. Great guy. Listen to it. Baseball brawls. He's a gamer. He's now back in the game as the Mets bench coach. It's an awesome episode. You're not going to want to miss it. Number nine, get the player's perspective of missing out on the playoffs. Obviously, every player can tell you about what it's like making the playoffs. But this time, Kenley Jansen, as I've said every other time, probably the player MVP of this podcast this year. Just so open and honest and always there when we needed him to jump on a pod and talk about seemingly everything. But this time he's talking about missing the playoffs. You're not going to want to miss it. That was number nine. Number eight, David Ortiz talking about all things Mookie Betts. This went big in the Boston media because, you know, we had Mookie make an appearance on the podcast. It was such a great podcast. Big Poppy, you can't go wrong with Big Poppy. Such a great personality, a Boston legend. And really, as time goes on, he's he's really an overall baseball legend, not just a Boston legend. At number seven, we had Jerry Depoto breaking down how trades go down at the trade deadline. This is such an awesome podcast. I enjoyed this so much because... You know, you've as oftentimes managers can kind of tell you what happens behind the scenes for the most part. You'll get a little bit of insight of what their decision making is after every game and their post game interview, or if you have a one on one with them. 
So you get that. The players after every game kind of tell you what they were thinking during the game. You very rarely get the GMs talking about what it's like performing in their peak moment of the season, which is obviously the trade deadline. He gives you his insight that you probably can't hear anywhere else. Jerry Depoto was at number seven. He was amazing. At number six, we had Zach Scott, a very similar you know, uh, thought process there. Because Jerry DePoto is talking about the trade deadline. Zach Scott talked about a trade he made at the trade deadline, the Pico Armstrong for Javier Baez trade. He talked about why it happened. He talked about what it could have been, but it turned out just to be the one for one. At first, he was thinking about including a Chris Bryant and a Wilson Contreras from the Cubs in order to get Pico Armstrong, but they ended up settling for just Javier Baez. Really interesting perspective, whether you're a Met fan or not. Just an awesome behind-the-scenes look as a GM. At number five, we had Tori Lovello talking about the secrets to getting a team to believe it can win. This is a really, really cool podcast because, as we know, Tori Lovello ended up leading his team to the World Series when nobody thought they would make it that far. They thought that they would get knocked out by the Brewers in the first round, but he managed to take them to the World Series. So he clearly knows what it takes to win. So this is a really cool podcast that he talked about it and he kind of manifested it in the postseason. So that was the number five podcast of the year. Number four was Dennis Eckersley making his return to Fenway. Such an iconic voice in the Red Sox booth and um, and such an iconic voice around baseball. And he talks about all the nuances and how he would have adjusted to it in the broadcast booth. So just a really interesting broadcaster's perspective of what was going on. Just a really interesting interview. And I think it might have been his first one out of retirement. So it's a really, really interesting one. You should definitely check it out. And at number three, we have the guy, probably the the funniest. I mean, the Red Sox really do have a true catalog of characters from their history in terms of great personalities. Obviously, Big Poppy, you know, Kenley Jansen really cemented himself this year. But this guy's number one. The number three podcast and producer Evans' top 10 podcast for the year of 2023, it's Dustin Bedroya. Dustin Bedroya back on the pod talking about everything. Mainly the pod was focused on him talking about Terry Francona retiring from baseball. But of course, him and Brad Foe just going back and forth, trading jabs, making fun, telling stories. It's just such a great podcast to listen to. You know, it's not as it's not as analytical and not as, you know, not as crazy deep dive, turn on your brains type of podcast It's more of a sit back, relax and enjoy the show podcast. So you should definitely, definitely check this one out. Here's number three. Here's Dustin Pedroia returning to the pod. All right. One of the finest human beings I know, Dustin Pedroia. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, well, all right. All right. <laughs> Uh, listen, don't, I mean, don't, I know, I know I don't get a chance to compliment you every day, but I'm trying to build you up in retirement. I'm trying to build you up, make you feel good about yourself, um, as I did for about 15 years. So you're welcome. Yeah. I appreciate it, Rob. You know, I don't need much self-confidence or self-boosting. You know, I'm pretty, pretty confident guy. Um, but no, it's happy to hear from you. I mean, it, you know, usually, you know, you play a long time, you see all these guys every day, and then when you retire, you don't hear from them. So I kind of feel like, uh, you know, you know, I've been left out a little bit in the uh, Bradfoe podcast files. No, the base, come on, baseball isn't boring. I gave you a T-shirt. I asked you to come on the podcast like at least ten times a month, and so don't 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 get this all twisted. 
from the school of if you're if you're paying, I'm playing. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> well, the, I do. You the, know what I mean? I I got you. I got you. We're we're, we're collecting the funds to get you on a more regular basis. Um, and by the way, yeah, what, what, what do you what do you care? You made a you made a crap load of money. I know you invested it well. I've seen your house. And oh it's, yeah. It has seven Christmas yeah. trees in a batting cage. Yeah, well, you know what, Rob? You don't get wealthy being an idiot. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? That's true. <laughs> That's true. Fair point. <laughs> you know? <laughs> when you got rich people working for you, Rob, you're not an idiot. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, there you go. All right. All right. Well, all right. What, are the, what, what are the people that helped you make all that money? Besides myself, oh yeah. Besides myself, yep. With Terry Francona, yeah. Yes, fact. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, just I, I I actually been texting with texting with uh, Tito. You know, I'll shoot him a text here and there. uh, You know, and he he gets he's the best. I mean, he gets right back to you right after you hit send. But just, I think for, I mean, I wouldn't even have had my career if it wasn't for him. You know what I mean? Just the way he handled me, the way he uh, approached me, the way he helped me, the way, you know, basically everything. I mean, that I, I look at, I look at a, uh, a coach or, you know, a, a, a person that you look up to. You know, you, you look at them, how they treat you when you're doing, when you're not at your best. And he was at his best with me when I was at my worst. Mm. So that's what, that's what makes him, you know what I mean? He, anybody, anybody can manage, you know, David Ortiz in their prime or, or Manny Ramirez in his prime, or even me in my prime. Like you just, you just put him in the lineup and press play. But when, when a guy's a rookie and he's struggling and he's not proven in the biggest, you know, one of the biggest markets in baseball, the biggest fan base in baseball, the, you know, the, the pressures to win, the pressures to everything. And for him to, to, to treat me the way he did, it just shows that, you know, not only is he the best manager, you know, he's, he's one of the best people too. Um, and you know, I, I owe him everything. I mean, shoot, you know, he's he, just, just the way he went about it. And it's not just me. I've seen him do it with numerous guys. Um, you know, it's a tough job, man. And, and he's done it for a long time and, and he understands how to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I was, I was just fortunate enough to be able to play for him for, for those, you know, almost seven years. So do you remember the first time you met him? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got called into his office because uh, Ben Sherrington told me the first day of spring training in 2005, I had my, uh, you know, I, I signed in 04 and I, I went to low A and high A. I played really well. I think I hit 400 in low A. I hit 350 in high A. And Ben said the first day, he goes, hey, we're going to send you back to high A. We want you to still play shortstop. And I and I, I, I kind of went nuts. I was like, listen, ben, I didn't, first off, I didn't know who Ben was. He was my boss. He was the minor league coordinator. Yeah. And I had no idea. <laughs> I had no, nobody gives you a book of, you know, people and you know, I had no idea he was my boss. So I, I, I kind of blew him up. I was like, Hey, listen, man, like I got other things to do. Like, if you're going to send me back to high, you're going to waste my time. Like, I'm just going to go back home and work for my dad. And whenever you need somebody to actually be challenged, you give me a call and I'll come back and I'll play. (laughs) And so he's like, what the hell's wrong with this kid? So 
I don't know if it was Theo or Tito's idea, but the next day, the big league team was going to Vero Beach to play the Dodgers. Yeah. So God. they were like, and, and and let's be honest, none of the regulars wanted to go. You, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we, we're just fresh off. The, the, the big league team just won a World Series. So they don't, you know, no, none of those guys want to travel three hours and go play. So they're like, hey, screw it. Let's just bring this kid. That way we can talk to him and actually tell him, hey, you know, you have bosses and you're, you can't act crazy. <laughs> so, so I remember getting, going on the bus, you know, driving three hours, whatnot. And, uh, Tito calls me in the office. First time I met him, you know, other than in 2004, I got, I signed and they called me to Fenway and I talked to him for like two minutes, right, you know, right. he was busy, you know, you know, they, at that time they didn't, they didn't fluff the first, the first pick. They just said, Hey, good, good for you, kid. They don't care. Yeah. So I get, I get in the office and, uh, I remember Theo went on the trip and, uh, and Tito goes, Hey, listen, man, he goes, I, I heard about your conversation with Ben. He goes, that's your boss. And I go, and me being, you know, I think I was, I think I just turned 20 Yeah. yeah. I, and I go, I go, Hey man, I, I apologize. I didn't know he was my boss. I thought you guys were my boss. And he goes, Dustin, you're on the big leagues. And I go, and I looked at him. I go, well, not yet. You know what I mean? Like, and I go, and and I'm looking around the room. I'm like, well, whose fault is that? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, what do we need to do here? Um, and and Tito kind of had this aura about him, like he kind of liked it. You know what I mean? He yeah. he, he he enjoyed it. So. He looked at me and he goes, "All right, you're gonna hit ninth and you're gonna play. You're gonna play short today." And Derek Lowe's pitching, and I'm like, "Okay." And I and right right after I left the door, I turned to him and I go, "He throws a lot of sinkers, right?" Because I don't know. And he goes, "Yep." And I go, and I go, that plays right into my swing. And sure enough, and sure enough, Rob, my first at bat. It was three and zero, oh, and I kind of I'm looking around because you know in college and even in even in low A high I had the green light like I'm letting it fly <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So I look at third base coach and the third base coach was literally checking out girls in the stands like it's you know half the team's minor leaguers you know what I mean yeah, not, yeah, he, yeah. you know what I mean yeah. So I look at the dugout and Tito is looking right on me and he gave me the you know fist together and let it rip. Yeah. Rob, I hit this ball so hard, I almost decapitated Derek. Like, I hit a line drive up the middle, and I'm like, I'm here. You know what I mean? I'm thinking in my mind, I hit first, and I'm like, who are they getting rid of? You know what I mean? Like, it's time. So I end up I end up going three for three in the game, and, uh, and I played great. Like, I played awesome. And after the game, you know, we're ready to get on the bus. Tito goes to me. He goes, hey, nice game, kid. He goes, don't you ever talk to anybody in the front office like that again and i'm like <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like okay yeah i understand like you got it like i had no idea he was with the front office like and so i i just go tito you got to tell me who these guys are i don't know who they are <laughs> like like you know my apologies i go i'm here to win and i'm here to play baseball but i'm not here to do it if i hit 350 in high a there's like seven fans in the florida state league my game plays in front of forty thousand. <laughs> And he just kind of, so he, I mean, could you imagine being a manager and having to deal with 
those people and then you got a you know like manny and david and yeah. you know all those guys and then shilling and then you're looking at this little pudgy bald he's probably like what in the hell am i signing up for but he found a way to to, to help me you, you know what i mean so there's different personalities and and everything that he has to go through and he makes it he makes everything work at all times and that that's that's what being a, a great manager does and that's who he is but i think that my guess my guess is that you sold yourself on him not only because you got three hits but because you're a shit talker you know you're, you're confident like that's what he that he liked and so when you show up the next year it's like okay I know what we're dealing with. You know, I know that, you know, this is this is the, the entire package. And and so yeah. I would imagine he, 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 when you were reintroduced to him in the major leagues the next year, that it was sort of like, okay, you know, like, let's go. Right? Yeah. I, you know, I mean, it, I think we hit it off because, Rob, I mean, I was pretty easy to manage because my only objective is to win a baseball game. Mm. Whatever the whatever the manager or, or my coaches ask me to do, I'm going to try to do that 150%, and I'm going to try to do it to because that's what role they're giving me. You understand what I'm saying? So that that that's why it, I'm kind of an easy one because you know you think about it a year and a half from that point. Tito had to come to me and go, hey, Dustin, we need you to hit leadoff. Right. Or, I, I'm sorry. We need you to hit fourth. <laughs> Remember, you got hurt. We traded Manny. Um, David had an injury. So I think he knew me as, hey, we need you to hit fourth. And I'm like, okay. Like, all right, my objective is to drive in runs. Mm-hmm. Like, so we were always on the same wavelength of, hey, we got to win, man. Like, it doesn't matter what I hit or what I do. It's it's try to find a way to win a baseball game. He saw that. I think he saw that my rookie year when I was struggling in 2007. And Alex obviously helped me with this. I When I wasn't hitting, I was still making a play in a game to help us win. Mm-hmm. Or you, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. There was, there was never a point oh, yeah. where I wasn't hitting to where I, I hurt the team. Um, and and I, I think I was probably one of the only ones that thought I was going to hit. And Tito kept running me out there because of my track record in the minor leagues. And I've always hit. And, and he was like, hey, man, if this kid does hit, we got something special. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if he doesn't, we have a player that still finds a way to win. And, and you know, good teammate, good everything. Uh, so... He always saw value in me because my, my my goal every day was to show up to win. And that's how he thought. You know what I mean? So we always hit it off. Well, you know, the weird thing is, so I was thinking about him, like how he's adjusted to the new wave of age of baseball players. But you go back to that team, and he had to adjust to, like, the, the most, you know, um, the most diverse group of, of baseball players I think I've ever covered in, you know, that 06, yeah. 07, 08. He had to adjust to all those guys. And, and, and uh, along the way, like, he had to adjust to, like you said, the fact that you, you, you hit whatever 100 in that first month. And I don't know if he called you in the office, what he said to you, if he just kept running you out there. I don't know what, what whatever button he pushed. It certainly didn't hurt when, when May came around. Right. Yeah. I. You know what it was? It was he never he never called me in or anything like that. I was surrounded by by great not only baseball people like 
great people. You know, Dave Magadan was my hitting coach. I love Max. He's, he was my favorite hitting coach. You know, I could, I'll say that. And he was, not only was he a great hitting coach, he was, he was really close to me every year because I would be down in the cage with him and we would talk baseball. We would, we would talk about everything. I had Alex Cora as as our, you know, you have three middle infielders, you know what I mean? And, and yeah, two of them play, but in my mind, the three are family. You know, we're, we're pushing each other. We're trying to be better. The middle of the field wins games. I don't give a rats what anybody says. Hmm. If you don't turn the extra double play and get that extra out, guess what? You, you ain't winning shit. <laughs> so Alex understood that. I understood that. Julio understood that. When we had Jed, he understood that. So, like, we were, yeah, two of us play, but we're a team, man. Like, Alex was trying to make me better. I'm trying to make him better. Like, we, we fit. So I was fortunate enough when I was struggling that the people I was surrounded by, Rob, I mean, Mags, Tito, Brad Mills, DeMarlo Hale, these are people that, like, not only are they good baseball people, they care about you. Mm. You know, it's it. I was in an environment where it wasn't a business. We were we were a family. We were trying to win games, and we were trying to do it together. And and and, and that's a credit to Tito putting his staff together and making that environment possible. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. No. So, I mean, I think that's a that, because Dustin, he's got this. He got a lot of the same guys. Like right now. Yeah. I mean, and, and so yes. he understands. Marlowe's still yep. there. Millsy, Millsy retired a couple years back. But and I think Tito realizes it's it's not it's not X's and O's. It's not. I mean, when you get to the major leagues, Rob, everybody's got the same talent. I mean, there's a couple guys where you're like, hey, that's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I get it. Like, we all get it. But but everybody's good. It's how you get to them that gets the best out of them. Um, and, and Tito's the master at that. You know, he can get guys. I mean, you look up his teams and... Every year they're 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 in there. I mean, he could have injuries. He could have certain payrolls. I mean, think about it. He's one with the one of the lowest payrolls. He's one with one of the highest payrolls. So it doesn't matter. It's 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 who's putting the scheme together that's doing it. You know what I mean? And obviously, the right surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, you know, the right characters, the good mix, the 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 way he operates in the clubhouse, the way he keeps uh, everybody relaxed. You know, there's times to mess around. There's times to focus. The way they run spring training. The way he takes care of his everyday guys and how they don't get tired um you know they he just it, it works you know what i mean yeah and when and when did it become like your relationship to the point where you you became you know because he also leaned on you know he leans on his coaches but he leans on the guys he trusts do, do you remember when that started happening because obviously you were one of the leaders of the team and do you remember when yeah. it's like okay the relationship became where yeah i am the manager but you are my lieutenant in that clubhouse and we're gonna make sure we do shit the right way you know it kind of happened early um you know heck it was probably about it's probably about july of 2008 you know i remember i i we had a White Sox series. I, I played. I was. I shit. I think I got like eleven hits in the four games. Like I was on fire, and it was one of those things where guys are starting to get banged up. You know what I mean? We we had gone to Japan earlier in the year, so it it seemed like our you know six to seven month season was it, it was long. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and and he kind of called me and he said, Hey, listen, man, I know you're playing great. I know we're asking a lot of you right now. He goes, 
you got to make sure that you keep the guys rolling. Like we're, you know, I think you could had hurt his oblique. He was going to miss a few weeks. Uh, David was grinding a little bit. We just traded Manny. Um, so right after that talk, I was like, all right. And he said, but listen, don't change who you are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Still show up, still, still be the engine and, and, and keep everybody, you know, loose, you know, talk to everybody. Cause that, that was the thing that I tried to do. You know, I, yeah, I was a position player, middle infielder, but you know, my, honestly, my closest friends on the team were pitchers, mm-hmm. you know, Lester, Papp, um, you know, Beckett, when Lack got there, Buck, you know, those guys, those guys, I don't know if I just, they probably liked me because I died for every ball, but you know, they, it was just a, a thing to where I had to keep everybody going and, and not lead them in the right direction, but like, hey, when shit gets off track, which it will, that's how, that's how baseball goes, and especially in Boston, it goes off track, it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, you gotta try to find a way to, you know, you gotta, there's, it's good to have a voice when it's not just a coach and and we and we we had that in the pitcher side because because lester was great you know uh beckett beckett was 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 great at that you know guys that just they worked you know what i mean you work on being better so tito never had to worry about us so it's it's like he's eliminating guys one by one who he has to worry about and then the other players kind of fall into line by seeing other guys lead by example. So there's a method to his madness. You know, it just takes time to get it there. And once you get it there, it's it's a well-oiled machine. It just goes. Well, I mean, honestly, that when you're talking, the thing that jumps to mind, and you know, I don't, you don't have to get into like the the manager of the 2012 Red Sox, but when you said that's not how we do things around here, I mean, I'm saying this in the way of that was a powerful statement because if you look back at that. That's a testament to how long how, the foundation that he had set, and, and that's how you felt, right? It worked. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know. I didn't. I mean, when I said that, it came off, you know, obviously it's just me talking. It came off because I was under the impression, and, and this is from Tito. I mean, the year before, it ended badly. I mean, we had a ton of injuries. We had, you know, the media's coming up with all the, all the stuff, and not one time did Tito ever, ever like say anything bad about a player or or anything you know you know what i mean there was accountability there was hey we didn't we didn't win like you 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 know what i mean so like when i said that it was it was it was from a place where i had been taught by tito to hey when stuff's bad that's when you show up that's when your character shows that's when your teammates have your back you're you're you kind of come together as a family you know what i mean yeah and 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 that's and i and i didn't mean that to any disrespect to bobby and 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 it probably obviously it came off that way to him towards him but i think tito had built such a tight-knit group and 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 uh and a family environment that hey listen man we we got a chance to do something special every single year if we don't do it that doesn't mean that we're going to bury each other we're going to find a way to to figure it out together and work through it and but the problem was he wasn't there anymore Hmm. you know so so it was it was different it was a different time it was a change um but you know that that's when you live and you learn but I, i still from for the rest of my career i took that philosophy from tito of hey man like this, this is our family. This is what we're trying to do, and, and we're going to do it together, you know, through thick and thin. 
Mm-hmm. No, and that's exactly how I took it, and that's why I brought it up, all the things you said. Um, so I'm going to do what I did with cash. I'm going to talk really slow so you can think about the answer about the best one of the or a good Terry Francona story. There's a lot of good Terry Francona stories. You played for him for a long time. Now I have delayed enough. Give me a good Terry Francona story. Can stay on the air. You can say this, um, this is this is this is uh, this is just two guys chopping it up, Dustin. We're just talking some ball, talking about the great game well, of, of I, baseball. I, you know what? I can't tell you my favorite Tito stories because it's it's it, honestly it's an, it, I, I can't I can't. But I have a couple that are like legendary. Um, <laughs> I, I, for real, but like, I mean, every day was an experience. Um, but there was a couple that stood out. I, I honestly cannot do uh, that. Can you, can you like fix hate me. <laughs> Is there one that you can massage that you can, <laughs> that you can bob? No, I, I really, I, can't. <laughs> I, I, no, no, I, that, that's the problem. No, after spending seven years with them, no, I can't like these two are so great that I can't I can't do it but but just every day every day it was something new it was awesome like like just the way he talked to umpires the way the way he talked to everybody it, it was every day was fun man like I mean it was I don't even I can't even explain it to you like every day I looked forward to going to the ballpark and playing for a guy that you knew had your back you knew was was gonna have fun doing his job like he loves it um and that i appreciate it you know what i mean like so much like to be in that environment and to have a guy have your back like that there's nothing like it man there's nothing really like it. that's that's the best compliment you could give him why i got you how did you follow yeah. what tristan Cassis is doing because your name has come up 50 million yeah, he's times playing. oh mine yeah I, I I told him I said yeah, no. He's go ahead. No, he he's playing great, man. Like, and I think that's the thing. Like, you you get thrown into an environment as a young player, and and there's a lot of expectations. You know what I mean? And 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 the big league level, it's hard, man. There's not a level higher. So, you know, to have patience with a young player, I mean, I think. You know, obviously you take a hit in the short term, but in the long term you get so many gains as an organization. Um, so, you know, that's that's what happened. Like, did everybody know he was going to hit? Yeah. Did, did they know it was going to take a month, two months, a year? Like, you don't know. You don't know how many at-bats it's going to take for a young player to be himself. So, um, no, to see what he's doing is outstanding. You know, it, it's, it's great. It, I think he's realized now the game is not about – I mean, I haven't talked to him or anything, but, but the game at that level, Rob, is not about the – you know, you got to do certain things before the game. You got to do this. You got to do that. The game is about adjustments mm. and being able to adjust to the other team making adjustments to you. And the faster that you make adjustments, the better player you're going to be. And now I see him just from watching the games, making adjustments, not only game to game, but pitch to pitch. And that's what makes a good hitter. If you can make adjustments pitch to pitch, you're an elite baseball player in the major league level. If you can make adjustments at bat to a bat, you're you're a, you're a good major league player. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
that that's that's the difference. You know, you, you make adjustments week to week. Guess what? You're a below average major league player. So the game is about adjustments and how you can adjust to the people making adjustments to you. That's the game because everyone has talent. You see all the pitchers. They're all throwing hard. They're all locating. They're all, you know, the scouting reports. The the Everybody's got everything. Everybody knows everything about everybody. It's how you're going to respond to how they know you is what's going to make you what type of player that you're going to be. So I walked by him early on. I said, May 3rd. I said, what's May 3rd? I said, May 3rd was when Dustin Pedroia turned it around. That's when you're going to – he's like, what if I don't start hitting by May 3rd? I'm like, don't worry about it. It's all right because you're, obviously your name has come up a lot because you won the – I don't know if you know this. You won the yeah. Rookie of the Year. And, and, you, yeah. and, and this is sort of – I don't know if he's going to win Rookie of the Year, but – like the the comparison, two totally different people, two do it, totally different players, but I think a lot of what you said should hit home for him, honestly, because it is similar paths, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 similar. I mean, the only difference is we won the World Series that year, Rob. Let's go, baby. We still got time. <laughs> there you go. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, yeah. you know what? You know what Shit, I'll say? Bro. You know what I'll say? The things that I I don't think I've said to you in a long time. You, you you earned your money today. I did. I I earned the paycheck that I got from doing this. What is this? A podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got zero dollars and zero cents, and I got dumber from talking to you. But but you do have a T-shirt, so there you go. Yeah, I do have a T-shirt. <laughs> it's it's you got to get a better brand. Oh 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 oh. Oh, this thing's, this thing's tight on my biceps. Tight on the biceps. That's the whole point. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. If you, if it's, and as as you once said, I remember the words coming from you in your kitchen when you got the delivery yep. of the Gold's Gym tank top. And it's, yeah, yeah. If, if if you aren't showing some nipple, you aren't trying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but my days of working it out, working out and sweating are over, Rob. You know what I mean? Well, all right, thank you. <laughs> I'll probably be making a trip down there and trying to get him out on the golf course, but who knows if he can walk by then? Um, but no, it's been a hell of a ride for him. I mean, he's he's a Hall of Fame manager, Hall of Fame person, um, you know, and I'm just fortunate enough to be able to play for him for the time I did. All right. Well, you're a good you're a good friend of his, and and I'll, I'll make sure that he he understands that you actually said nice things about him. So there you go. All right. All right. <laughs> All right perfect. All right, Rob. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field, and then I. Uh... I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.